Hello and welcome to episode number 94 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about the culture war and more specifically, the war on words. It's a very interesting thing if you're into language to see what's going on to see words taking on different meanings, to see the call for censorship and how all of the online platforms that we use on a daily basis are reacting to this and how it is changing the way we communicate, how it's changing the world we live in, and how there is just so much divisiveness when we live in a time with the ability to communicate that it should be the exact opposite. This should be an age where the human race could be united, but instead divisiveness is king. And the question is why? As always, it's who's pushing the narrative. And it is, can you believe the reasons you're given for making so many of these changes for the way we think and all of that. The first thing that hit me was Mark Cuban being a NBA team owner. For those of you who don't know, he's the guy in Shark Tank. He's a guy who started with zero. I mean, I remember seeing him tell stories in an interview how he was going door to door selling magazine subscriptions. So this is a guy living the American dream. He wasn't somebody that was born into a family and just given a huge sum of money or anything like that. He was a guy that actually worked. Well, maybe not worked. He was a really smart guy buying domains and things like that and made a lot of money. But he was able to create his own wealth. And as of this point, owns part of a whole bunch of companies. I mean, I'm sure partially because of all the years on Shark Tank, but he owns the Dallas Mavericks. And of course, the Dallas Mavericks, part of the NBA, are going to be painting, it looks like, Black Lives Matter on all of the courts. And this, I think, is a really dumb move. Because as we've talked about here on the Random Thoughts podcast, the slogan Black Lives Matter and the group are very different things. They stand for very different things. And people are going to have very different reactions to those words because of the fact that the group is a bunch of self avowed Marxists and putting that on the court of an other I mean, you'd think the NBA would be pretty much capitalist. The players are certainly making a whole lot of money. The owners are making a whole lot of money. There are the ties to China, which is, you know, a little bit problematic. But overall, Mark Cuban especially goes firmly into the capitalist category. Made a lot of money in the capitalist system. He owns a whole bunch of companies, or at least part of a whole bunch of companies. And people were mad about something he said. 
on Twitter, which is really what happens all the time now, and said, oh, we want to if you want to boycott Mark Cuban, somebody posted a list of Mark Cuban's companies or the companies that he has money in. And it was a fairly extensive list, but Mark Cuban responded with the best place to go get a list of all my companies is markcuban.com, which rightfully so. I pulled up markcuban.com and there they were page after page after page of companies that he either owns, has money in, has invested in, whatever. So he was more than happy for everybody to boycott his companies. And I said, I feel sad that the right at this point is falling into the left's playbook with we don't like what somebody says let's boycott them and i mean there are certain things i'm guessing you could get to and you can convince me that if somebody said or did something it's worthy of boycotting their company but a vast majority of the time you know if something like he voted for donald trump you think that is setting the bar high enough to boycott, then you're a moron. In this case, if you think that having Black Lives Matter painted on the court for your basketball team to play on, I don't really think that is enough to justify a boycott. It's a difference in political opinion. And if we're going to get to boycotting people based upon that, I think we're going a little bit too far. Instead, I asked the question, which, of course, I didn't get an answer to because Mark Cuban, even though he says he's a guy with big balls who will answer the hard questions, he doesn't seem to want to answer the questions about the Black Lives Matter group because I had a simple question, which is how can the NBA and specifically, you know, the Dallas Mavericks, a capitalist system. How can you embrace a group who is openly Marxist, who wants to destroy your capitalist system? Because if the Marxists had their way, there would be no more NBA. All the players in the NBA wouldn't be millionaires. The owners certainly wouldn't be millionaires or billionaires. So I want to know how those things coexist in the mind of a Mark Cuban. And I think that's an interesting conversation that should be had. I think we can all agree with the slogan, Black Lives Matter, but we diverge at the point when you say Black Lives Matter, the group who believes that the way to make life better for everybody is Marxism, which means you all get shit, as opposed to the capitalist system, which says you could work hard, you can start with nothing. And you can make yourself a king in America. Well, not literally a king, because that's a whole other type of governance. But Mark Cuban has made himself very rich and very powerful, came from nothing. Barack Obama made himself very rich, very powerful, came from nothing. Charlemagne the God made himself very rich, very powerful, came from nothing. I mean, Donald Trump, he came from stuff. There's no doubt about that. So there's a little bit of a difference there. He had a little bit more privilege than everybody else. But right now, he seems to be the guy fighting for logic and sanity when it comes to dealing with Marxist groups and groups like Antifa out on the streets burning down our cities. But we'll get to that a little bit more. For me, when it comes to sports, I don't want politics involved in sports. So even though 
I'm not a guy who would normally watch the NBA. The minute you paint Black Lives Matter on all the courts, you've lost me entirely. And I think you've lost a lot of Americans who want sports to be an escape from the problems of every day. And there are a lot of problems right now between COVID and everything else going on in the country. So the NBA, this concept of actually painting it across the court, to me, is completely idiotic unless they first want to go and look into Black Lives Matter and explain to us why they're allying themselves with a Marxist organization. If they don't want to do that, then the words are meaningless anyway, or they're just ignorant as far as what the group is actually about. And that is really sad to consider as well. I mean, we have football, the NFL, with the kneeling during the national anthem, of course. We have the NFL saying in the first week they're going to be singing the black national anthem, which is the song with Raise Up All Our Voices, something like that. Not familiar with the song. I know white privilege. I'm sure I'll hear it once the NFL season starts, if they do. Major League Baseball already in their exhibition season, having some of the managers and players kneeling during the national anthem. And while that is much less invasive for the sports fan than painting Black Lives Matter on the court, you know, I could see Major League Baseball doing this too, painting it into the outfield or something like that. I don't want the politics anywhere in sports. When I tune in for a game, I'm tuning in to watch the players play the game. With that said, anybody playing in a major league sport in the United States of America has the money and the ability and the platform to make any political statements they want anytime that they're not on the court. And I applaud that no matter what those political statements are. I just don't want to see it. And I don't want to hear it during the games themselves. Any other time, go and do that. And the owners have the ability to stop this stuff from happening, just like anybody that owns a company, whoever you work for. If you have a job and you work for somebody else, when you're on the clock, they can control your behavior. If you don't want to behave in the way they want you to behave in, they have the right to fire your ass and send you off somewhere else. And that's just how the system works. The owners are very afraid because of this culture war and this war on words. And it's an interesting thing to watch because some of it doesn't make any sense at all. And some of it is just being way, way blown out of proportion, including Roger Stone this past week. Being on an interview, and I don't even know why he's doing interviews, except he's probably a moron. He was doing an interview and allegedly under his breath said that he wasn't going to be arguing with this Negro, the radio announcer that he was talking to. Now, the interesting thing to me wasn't whether Roger Stone said this or not. I don't care. The way this was covered by the media is the intriguing thing where the media is saying Roger Stone 
used a racial slur when talking to this guy. So I just started really looking into this because it's like, well, I've never really thought of the word Negro as a word that is a racial slur. It's an outdated word, but it's nothing that has ever been on the slur list as far as I can tell. And you start looking into things in the educational system. You start looking into things. I mean, they still talk about Negro spirituals. That's the word that's being used. I did an episode of Grumpy Old Ben's this week with a guy named Spencer who lives in Kansas City. And we came up with hey, the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. Negro right there in the title. And I'm well aware of the Negro Leagues Museum because it's one that I support every time I buy something on Amazon. That has been the charity that I give money to every time I've made an Amazon purchase now for probably four or five years because the Major League Baseball Museum, well, they're not really, they don't call them the Major League Museum, but the Baseball Museum Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, as long as Minnie Minoso isn't a member, I say screw them, and I support the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum in Kansas City. But again, if that's a slur, then I guess they're using a slur in the name of that museum. The United Negro League College Fund, I guess they're using a slur. And most interesting looking into this was the fact that Howard University, one of the most prestigious black universities in the country, the journal they publish is still the Journal of Negro Education. So now, are they using a slur? No, they're not. But this is how either incompetent the media is or are just out and out lying saying that if Roger Stone did, in fact, use the word, and I don't really care if he did or didn't, that it was a racial slur. And it's just simply not true. According to Wikipedia, the term did fall out of favor by the early 1970s. Well, of course, Roger Stone was around before the early 1970s. But it also notes that older African-Americans initially found the term black to be even more offensive than Negro. Well, that's interesting because it also says the census now uses the grouping black, African-American or Negro, where Negro is used, according to Wikipedia, in efforts to include older African-Americans who still more closely associate with the term. So is it a slur? I don't think so. But what's more interesting is that the census is still using it and Howard University is still using it. So now I guess the media must have to go after all them because they are using a slur, right? And if Wikipedia is correct in that some older African-Americans find the term black to be more offensive than Negro, then I guess Black Lives Matter is a slur. We better shut them down. No, we're not hearing that from the media, are we? Why? Why is that? I think we all know. It's all about pushing a narrative. It's all about making the other side look like a bunch of racist douchebags and the truth be damned. And when it comes to the words being used, nothing was more crazy this week than the story about Trader Joe's. I'll admit, I don't shop at Trader Joe's. I'm more an Aldi guy. 
which Trader Joe's and Aldi split a long, long time ago. But a 17 year old, very white Bay Area girl started an online position on change.org or one of those claiming that the Trader Joe's packaging was racist, filled with microaggressions, she said, for using the terms when it came to, let's just say, more ethnic foods. For instance, in the Chinese type food, Trader Ming's. In the Mexican foods, Trader Jose's. The Italian food, Trader Giotto's. So you get the idea. They took a name and changed it. So rather than Trader Joe, it's Trader Ming, Trader Jose, Trader Giotto. This has gotten major media coverage. This has gotten Trader Joe's to say they will be changing the packaging. Now, the most hilarious thing, because this is a brand new story, the idiot journalist at NBC Bay Area that was covering the story actually says during the clip of covering this story that the girl hasn't seen any changes at her local store yet. (laughs) Do you really think Trader Joe's can change all of their packaging within like 48 hours? What the hell is wrong with you? This is a journalist for NBC. What the hell is wrong with you? Anything like this would take months, if not years, going down the line to change packaging, get the new stuff printed up, get the old stuff out of the pipeline. The hilarity of this whole situation is the fact that less than 4,000 people signed this petition. So, Trader Joe's, some high school kid who is white, starts a petition online saying that you're racist. Less than 4,000 people jump on board and you decide to make wholesale changes to the way you do business. What the hell is wrong with you, Trader Joe's? Whoever's running that company must have a screw loose. And you're going to have to explain to me how using a name that is common with the language, with the ethnicity of the types of foods you're selling, how using a common name is now a racist microaggression. I don't understand it. We're getting down the line to where everything is going to be racist. Everything is a microaggression. Everything can have somebody be outraged by it, somebody that can be offended by it. And since everything out in the world today is going to offend somebody, what do you do? How do you decide who gets canceled and who doesn't or what products get canceled and what doesn't? There's no rhyme or reason to it anymore. There's no logic to it anymore. Up is literally down. Now down is up. We have Joe Biden calling violent anarchists who are attacking federal property in Portland, including trying to set a federal courthouse ablaze, calling them, quote, peaceful protesters. I mean, media, we can tell you are so full of crap because you continue lying about what Donald Trump said about fine people on both sides of the argument down in Virginia. But in this case, we're just going to go along because Biden says they're peaceful protesters. We'll ignore the plethora of video footage that is out there of what is really going on 
in Portland. You douchebags. I really do not know how anybody watches any mainstream media anymore, how anybody puts any faith into what the mainstream media is saying. It was once an institution that helped America run. It was a nice check and balance to the politicians, but no longer. They are the biggest shills for one side, and the news media should be embarrassed with themselves, as should all of these Hollywood douchebags. Now, Donald Trump was asked about the Ghislaine Maxwell thing, her arrest. She, of course, the associate of Jeffrey Epstein, and she's been arrested. No bail, no bonds, not in New York. So she can't just get out immediately like you would in New York. But she's going to be held for a year until her trial. He was asked about that. And his comment was, you know, I haven't really been following it all that closely. I have met her a few times. We lived in the same same area for a while, ran into her a few times. And I wish her well, is what he said. He said he wished her well twice. And of course, wishing somebody well is an evil thing to do. It's a horrible, evil thing to do. I mean, I guess if you don't understand that, you don't belong living in this woke society, that wishing somebody well is a horrible thing to do. Judd Apatow, what a douchebag this guy is, on Twitter says, this is the most evil, insane clip of all. Anybody who stands by him, meaning Trump, is equally as evil. So let's just understand here for a minute and try to wrap your head around the logic and the reality of a Judd Apatow who sees the president of the United States just saying, you know what? I wish her well. That, he says, is literally the most evil, insane clip of all clips ever. That is the most evil and insane thing Judd Apatow has ever seen in his life, according to this tweet. Donald Trump saying that he wishes somebody well is the most evil and insane thing he's ever seen. And then anybody who stands by Trump is equally as evil. I mean, this is not rational, Judd Apatow. This is not a rational response. This is not reality as rational people see it. Bette Midler tweeted, and I don't even know why she's still relevant. I don't get it. But she tweeted when asked about his imprisoned child sex trafficker friend. uh, He's never said they were friends. And as of yet, she hasn't been convicted of anything. But I know the Democrats and the left love to throw out those accusations like they were truth. Trump said, I just wish her well. So if she disappears from her cell, check the nearest wells. I don't really know what that means, Bette Midler, but it seems like maybe you're on Ambien and you should go hang with Roseanne. Just saying. Richard Marks, another guy who hasn't been relevant in like 30 years says Donald Trump was asked about an individual accused and incarcerated for physically raping and enabling the rapes and assaults of countless underage girls. And he said, I wish her well twice. All of you maggots must be so proud. Well, I don't know why anybody would be proud of somebody just saying they wish somebody well. But as of yet, again, 
being accused of something, Richard Marks, does not make you guilty of something. I'll show you. I accuse Richard Marks of raping me when I was a child. See, now you're an accused rapist, Richard Marks, right here. It just happened. You are now an accused rapist. So if anybody wishes you well, they're horrible, horrible people. Why don't we let the legal system work their way out? And when it comes to Ghislaine Maxwell, when it comes to Donald Trump saying he wishes her well, we all know what happened to Jeffrey Epstein. Maybe Donald Trump was just making the point that he hopes she gets to trial. You know what I'm saying? That he hopes maybe the Hillary assassination group doesn't get her. Whoever got to Jeffrey Epstein, maybe he's just saying he hopes that the information she has will be allowed to come to light. Because if she isn't well, then the people who are guilty of a lot of this stuff will go free. So maybe Bette Midler, Judd Apatow, and Richard Marks are just hoping that the people that Ghislaine Maxwell could turn a dime in on, that she can reveal their secrets. Maybe they're just worried that's going to come out. Maybe Richard Marks or Judd Apatow, have they ever been to Pedo Island? I don't know. I'm accusing them of that right now. So let's just say possibly, maybe they were. I don't know. Do you know? Why don't they wish Ghislaine Maxwell well? I mean, Donald Trump didn't say, I hope she's exonerated. He didn't say, I think she'll get off. He just said he wishes her well. So it's an interesting thing to have that reaction. But this is because this is the social culture war we're going through right now. Anything Donald Trump says has to be blasted as he's a lunatic or he's evil hydrochloroquine oh he's stupid uv light he's a moron closing the flights down from china well of course he was a racist the left has been wrong over and over and over again why anybody continues to give these twits any time of day or take their opinion seriously i do not know wishing someone well now is evil but all of these people i guarantee you back the Black Lives Matter organization, a self-avowed Marxist organization who wants to destroy your way of life. Yay! Idiots. Stop buying in to the divisiveness. That is the problem in America right now. It is a political ploy. This is how it works. You split people up, and this is how you make things go right down the crapper, and people are buying into it on both sides. Stop buying into the divisiveness. Stop supporting the platforms that are censoring content. Twitter is doing this in massive amounts right now. It is not the place you want to be for having a conversation. And when I was talking to Spencer on Grumpy Old Benz, he said, you know, but I think things are getting better. And I had to disagree with him. And I mentioned a clip on that show that I'm going to play for you right now. This is the two live crew back from 1991. And I think this is something that is quite relevant today. I think it's time for their lesson on censorship. Yo, check this out. How many of y'all don't believe in censorship? Put your hands in there. Let me hear y'all say Censorship sucks. Censorship sucks. Censorship sucks. Censorship sucks. 
That's right, because you know some a lot of motherfuckers try to censor this shit. They start censoring this shit, then they start telling us how we can fuck and shit and all that kind of stuff there. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't believe in that censorship the same way we don't believe in it, right? Okay, y'all heard it first right here in Phoenix. They don't believe in censorship. You know something? A lot of people don't like to see all us black folk, Mexican folk, and white folk hanging out together. That's what that censorship shit all about. You know what we say to them? Fuck them, right? Because we gonna hang out and we gonna be together because we the new generation and we don't give a fuck about that old shit. The first amendment of freedom of speech. So what you're saying, it didn't include me? I like to party and have a good time. There's nothing but pleasure in our rhyme. I know you don't think we'll ever quit. We got some people on the side that will take your lip. We wanna do all the things we wanna do. You can't stand to see a brother get as rich as you. This is the 90s and we're coming on strong, seeing things and doing things that you're saying is wrong. Wising up, cause on election day, we'll see who's banned in the USA. Luther Campbell of the Two Live Crew had it right about 30 years ago when he said they don't like the black, the white, the Hispanics, everybody hanging out together because that is when this stuff really starts to change. So you have to ask yourself again, why is all of this culture war stuff so damn divisive? Why is the media in on pushing this? Why is censorship running rampant yet again in all of the ways we seem to communicate right now? The answer seems pretty simple to me. People want us divided, so we should be united. And if you want a great primer on what they were calling Black Ink, go listen to the latest episode of Mo Facts with Adam Curry, doing a great job totally taking down this Marxist narrative, showing you how it is repeating itself, which is, again, why we don't want to remember the past. It is being repeated once again how the communists came in after slavery, started trying to use the black community for their own narrative pushing, even though it would be at the detriment of the black community. It's going on over and over again. And Mo Facts with Adam Curry did an excellent job this week. Episode number 43 of that podcast should be required listening. Mo Facts, M-O-E-F-A-C-T-Z dot com. And I hope you like what you've been getting here on the Random Thoughts podcast. You can do me a favor. Go over to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com and subscribe. If you haven't, leave a review on any of your favorite podcast apps. And if you felt you got some value from these shows, go over to randomthoughts.com and click that donate button or use our P.O. box address or Bitcoin QR code. Anyway, you can share some value back with us for the value we've given you in these Random Thoughts podcasts. Anything is appreciated to help us keep the audio gear sounding good, keep the lights on and all that other good stuff. If you want to reach out to me, you can do so, Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at randomthoughts.com or on Twitter, the Evil Bird site, while we're still there. I mean, we're probably going to be deplatformed at any time. Random Podcast, R-A-N-D-U-M-B Podcast, or Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.